Welcome to The Struggle. We're your hosts. I'm Clint Followell. And I'm Ty Gist. And this is episode five. Did you hear that right? Five. We are rolling. Man, we are. Uh, so, we are excited to be here. Uh, Ty, why don't you tell us a little bit about how your weekend was? Man, it was good. It feels like it's been forever since I was on the podcast. Shout out to Josh Mifflin for covering for me last week. I was sick. And, man, I don't know if somebody has put some extra pollen in the world this year, but it has been just killing me for weeks. So, I was sick. My wife was sick. My daughter was sick last week. So, it was like just the worst household of dro- walking around melancholy and that uh, was terrible. Well, you, but, you live in Waco and Waco is like the number one place in the world for cedar fever. I remember living there in seminary and I swore I had the flu in the middle of April and I found out that it was just cedar fever. It's, yeah. You just, you just see it. Like sometimes I'll walk around and you'll just see a cloud fall out of a tree and it's just pollen. And you're like, <laughs> Oh my gosh. That is, um, yeah. The mm. best description I ever heard, and, and I've learned this as a parent, is like when you just constantly get sick and you're like, why am I always sick? Because I have little kids. What it is, is I think it was Matthew Berry. Um, he calls kids little Petri dishes. He was like, they just go to school. They pick up all this stuff, all these germs, and they just pass it around and they just bring it home. And so you never get fully healthy when you have little kids is what I'm learning. That is 100% accurate. Um, but my weekend was good, man. Uh Really exciting, actually. So we talked several, I guess the last podcast I was on about Infinity Wars was coming out, and I told you I was woefully behind. Yes, you were. Yeah, like I hadn't even seen the second Avengers movie. So I took a trip to Oregon, and I watched two movies on the trip to Oregon um, and back, and I have now in the past two weeks watched five uh, Marvel movies. And so I'm I'm almost there. I got to watch one more, and then... I can watch Infinity Wars, so um, I'm proud of myself. And not only that, so I caught up there, and my wife and I bought our first house this weekend. Whoa! That's huge! Yeah. That's huge! We walked into a room, and we signed our life away for the next 30 years, um, but man, we are homeowners. Did, so, Was your hand sore after you finished signing? Oh my gosh, dude. <laughs> I had no idea. It was like 30 minutes of just writing my name again and again. I, I didn't know. Yeah, it's so funny because the first signature to the last signature do not look anything the same because your hand. I mean, I remember we bought the first house six years ago. Oh, it is. It is awful. And it does hurt. It just cramps up. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. The the sun. So we bought it on a Friday and then, you know, we went over there on Saturday. I think we painted two splotches on the wall. And then on Sunday after church, we went and had pizza delivered to the house and sat in this completely empty house. On our in our living room on the carpet and had a pizza picnic in our house. So, dude, that was really fun. That's so fun because the very first thing we did after we bought our house was order pizza and had a pizza picnic in the middle of our kitchen. For real, there was nothing else. That's right. <laughs> it was the exact same thing. We just sat in our house and ate pizza. You just want to be in it, and there's like nothing there and no reason for you to be there. But I was like, I just I want to be here. So that's what we did. So yeah, that's it. Was a good weekend. So how cool. was your weekend? It was so busy. It was Senior Sunday weekend, so you kind of know how that goes. Absolutely. We had the whole Sunday thing planned out. Um, Of course, I didn't get all of my pictures in until Saturday at 7 p.m. in the evening. Public service announcement to all youth out there, do your youth pastors 
a favor. And if you are a senior and you're graduating, please get them their your pictures before the day before. Uh, you will be our favorite person ever. Uh, I, th- there was one person who gave me pictures a month ago, and she's amazing. Uh, everyone else, you're all right. Uh, but no, I'm kidding. It was awesome. We had... We had seven seniors in service that we recognized, and we like to make it, we turn it into kind of a whole youth Sunday service. So our youth band led worship, and we had a college student who was also graduating who preached, and so I helped him craft his sermon and figure out how to deliver it and practice it and all of those things. Um, And so it was just good. Uh, And before that, on Thursday, we had 25 college kids at our house, and we just cooked pancakes, bacon, and eggs nonstop for about two hours, and they just hung out from around 7.30 until 11.30. And it was just really, really good to hang out with the college students and continue to build relationships with them. Um, And then even after Senior Sunday, I'm jumping around, but after Senior Sunday, uh, that evening, we had a children's musical uh, that my son was in. uh, And it was... Yeah, so it was just a full Sunday, full weekend, but it was one it was of those a full ministry weekend. Yes, but it was one of those le- weekends you leave um, full, right? Like just full. Um, yeah, and, and you're tired, but you're not exhausted because you're still filled up, and it was just just good. Love it. Hey, shout out to all you seniors who are graduating. Congratulations. Um, I remember when I was a senior, and I thought like, yeah, I was supposed to do this, so it's not an accomplishment, but. It is an accomplishment. You spent you've been at school for your whole life and now you're passing this this big chapter and moving to a new one. So, shout out to you. You're awesome. And if no one has told you, we are proud of you. You need to hear that. Absolutely. Okay. Well, um what else has happened? I mean, a lot Dude, has happened. A lot has happened. The the NFL draft has happened since we last talked and I know we're both fantasy football dudes, so what's your take on the NFL draft? So we said that we were fantasy football nerds, and I don't think people really understand how big of a fantasy football nerd I am. So most fantasy football players don't start drafting until, like, August. I have six fantasy football drafts right now, like, currently going on right now because I'm that big of a nerd. My mind and everything dealing with football and fantasy is is kind of a jumbled mess right now, um, and I look forward to a couple weeks from now when I can actually step back and take a breath and then go, Oh, Hey, I think this is good. And I think this is good. And I think this is bad. You know, right now it's, it's just, um, you're just trying to win and survive right now. That's right. That's right. I got you. In any of your leagues, did you get Saquon Barkley on your team? I did get Saquon Barkley on one team. I got Saquon Barkley and Baker Mayfield, and then I traded Saquon Barkley and Mayfield for Aaron Rodgers, Christian McCaffrey, and Devontae Adams. So I, that was wow. a pretty sweet haul. Yeah. Anyway, people are like, if they don't aren't into fantasy, they're like, what are you talking about? Uh, so let's jump into our topic. Let's do that. This question, which really has come at us in several different forms of questions, several people have asked us this, and so we thought this is an important question to tackle. Uh, mainly because a lot of students are asking this question. Why do some people say that they are Christians, but at school they act like a totally different person? And that's one way that we got the question phrased, but it's come out of several ways. And essentially what students have been asking us is, why do some people say that they're Christians and live life differently? And so that's what we're going to talk about today on the podcast. And we're going to talk about it from several different angles. Clint, why why do people say that they're Christian and and do mission trips and, and maybe act godly at church? and then live totally different lives with their friends and at school. I think human nature, it's human nature to want to fit in. 
So if they're a part of a youth group, a part, and they have friends in the youth group and they come to the youth group, then it's human nature to act like they think they're supposed to act. So they, they fit in partly. And we all want to be um, seen as good people, I think. Uh, and so there's, there's a certain element of just wanting uh, to be good and try to be. And I, I think there are people that legitimately try to live the Christian life, but just aren't willing to give up their life to do it. I think another part of it is that it feels good. It feels good to try to live a good life. Like there, there are natural endorphin releases when we do good things and when we get praise from people. And it's easy to come to church or come to youth group and seek the approval and praise of other people. And when we get that, it, it affirms something in us. And so even if we're not really living our life for Jesus, we end up living our life for the approval and the praise of these people. And then that makes it easier to even go back to school and live a different life because we're getting approval from a different person. I like that. I like that. As you were talking, it, it reminded me of a quote. One of my favorite authors is John Steinbeck. I think he's just a brilliant writer. And and in East of Eden, one of his books, he says this this quote, and it's just about humanity in this dialogue. And I wrote it down a long time ago because I love it. And he said, one thing I'm certain of is that men want to be good and want to be loved. Indeed, most of their vices are attempted shortcuts to love. And I, and I read that and thought, how true is that if sometimes we just want to guilt people or, or judge people for doing certain things and, and we get mad at them if they're not acting the way that we want them to act? Um, and, and the truth is, we do. We all want to be loved and accepted. And for teenagers, man, that that's hard to sort sometimes. And so you often end up taking on this identity of wherever you're at. And so if you're at church, you start acting like the people there because you want to be accepted and you want to be liked. And then when you're at school, you start kind of taking on this personality of the people that are around you. And so sometimes I don't think it's intentional all the time. I think sometimes students unintentionally get lost in the shuffle of I want to be liked and I want to be accepted. And that means acting certain ways in different places. And, and so they end up kind of carrying these two dueling personalities, if you will. Yeah. So, so what should a student do who has a friend that they know is living this two-sided lifestyle, this double lifestyle? That's a good question. I think it does start with understanding their motivation and, and, and where they're at. Um, I've learned that rarely do people start following Jesus more faithfully because you tell them they're not following faithfully enough right now. So we shouldn't just go to them and say, you're wrong. This is not how you live your life. Exactly. Like you shouldn't call them out in the middle of the lunchroom, just yell at them. Hey, stop doing what you're doing, you sinner. That usually won't work the way that you think it's going to work. It reminds me of the video. Have you seen the video with, I can't remember the vintage Jesus videos where yeah. he's <laughs> like, you are all sinners. <laughs> Um, yeah, we shouldn't do that. That's not a good way to encourage people to live like Christ or live, you know, And that's not to Jesus. say that, that we shouldn't challenge people to walk faithfully, right? But it, it's saying you got to meet people where they are. And if you are a Christ follower and you're asking this question of, I don't understand why people say they love Jesus and then don't follow through on that all the time. Um, I think it starts with putting Jesus continually in front of them and, and who Jesus calls us to be. And when you remind people like, no, this is where it's at. This is where your identity is at. 
this is what life is supposed to be like. Um, and the joy that you find there, I think that leads people into a more faithful walk with Jesus. Um, that's not to say there's not a place to call out sin, and Scripture says there is a place to call out sin. Um, but the reality of this, and this is where we wanted to go with this topic, is that we're all hypocrites. None of us have it completely figured out. And so on some level, if someone really is a Christian and you strongly believe, hey, they're a Christ follower, but I see some inconsistencies in the way that they act, that's probably because they don't have it all figured out yet and they're not perfect, like none of us are. And so they're, they're, they're struggling to get there. And that takes time and that takes a journey sometimes. But we wanted to start by saying we're all hypocrites. Yeah, that's 100% true. I think that is maybe where you start in terms of how to relate with and understand someone who is not living the same life at school as they do at church is to realize that none of us are perfect. And so from there, it becomes about loving that person well and constantly doing everything we can to live guided by Jesus um, and following after the example Jesus gave us. If it's someone that we are close, close friends with, you know, one of our best friends that we know 100% has a relationship with Jesus and they want to live better, I think there is a place to call them out. You, you have the friend capital to do that. But if it's an acquaintance, the best thing you can do is just continually live the example that you know you're supposed to live and then hope that there's an opportunity, um, you know, work to build a closer relationship. It's almost like sharing the gospel with them for the first time. We talked about that in episode two, about how to share the gospel. It's a lot like that. In some ways, sharing the gospel isn't just a one-time thing. It's almost like all of this is tied together. That's right. And, and I remember Dr. Stroop used to say missions, and he actually changes it. It's witness. The, the way we witness, it's, it's people transforming, people being transformed by people who are being transformed. This idea that God is constantly working in my life, and, and so God can use me to constantly be working on, in other people's lives too. But to know that there's, it's not a, oh, I made a decision to follow Jesus and now I'm done. That there's always, there's a, a kind of a progression. And that, that's true of someone who's going to church but not really following well. There's a progression there. And so continuing to be patient and loving and caring hopefully leads them to a deeper place of relationship with Jesus where that conviction can be brought by the Spirit and they can come to understand what's really going on. It doesn't always have to be huge confrontation. Huge confrontation. Yeah, and I think, I don't know about you, but I've seen where students get frustrated because Christians are supposed to live this one way and they get frustrated when they don't see that. Our pastor has said before, we're a church full of hypocrites and we welcome hypocrites because we got room for more and we're all there and none of us are where we're supposed to be yet. And I think that's important for students to remember that your friends aren't finished products. And no one in high school is a finished product. No one in their 20s is a finished product. And so we've all got work to do. Just because you see some inconsistencies doesn't always mean they're hypocrites or they're, they're living maybe a double life. You know, they're not trying to deceive people necessarily. So that's one thing, kind of one extreme of it. Um, but there is some level of, and we live in the Bible Belt, 
where we see people who say one thing and just continually by their lives say a different thing. Um, have you experienced that? And what, what kind of wisdom and advice would you give to that side of it? I mean, that can be really hard. Um, I think there's a time where you have to not draw a line, but you do have to let the person know that you see what's going on and you have to be willing to stand by that. So when I think about people who say that they're Christians, but then I see them acting a different way, I can remember when I was in high school, I started going to the local Baptist church. I had gone to camp with him the summer before. I had encountered Christ, um, become saved that summer, and so I started attending this youth group. And there was one girl who led worship as part of our worship team. And the first time I got there and saw her leading worship, I was like, hold up, wait a minute. Why is that girl leading worship? Because I knew how she lived every other day when I saw her at school. And I was like, I know how she talks. I know the things that she does. I know the people she hangs out with. And I, I was really confused because here she was leading us in worship on Wednesdays. But every other time I saw her, um, she was living completely different. And, and I felt really uneasy about that. And, and I think that's, I was, catch, I was, I was catching on to the idea um, that some people say they're Christians because it's the, the popular thing to do because we live in the South and so everyone is a Christian and they just assume that they're Christians um, without having any transformation. And so that's the other side of this, I would say, is there is a cultural Christianity that takes place where people think they're Christians, people assume they're Christians because they were brought up in a church culture, but they've never really experienced the transformation of Jesus and so we don't see that transformation in their everyday life. Faith, that's how faith works. That's why Jesus always talked about fruit. Is your life producing fruit? And you can tell what your desires are or what your life is focused on by the fruit that it produces. That's a hard thing for us to step back and do. But if you feel like you are at that spot or you feel like you might be living this double life, what's the first step to getting out of that? Well, the first step is step back and look at your life. What kind of fruit is coming from your life? What, what, what is your life producing? Not only in you, but in the people around you. And the second step, I mean, the first step really to get out of that is to find someone else to begin to hold you accountable. Find someone else that you can go to and say, this is what's going on in my life. I know it's not right. And I know that I need to change. I need someone to help me. And then have some kind of plan of action. Take one thing, one specific thing that you know you're a, you're a hypocrite in. Maybe it's the way you talk at school. And you have someone that's a good friend that can tell you without being a jerk about it. And at the same time, you can listen without being defensive. And they can come to you and say, hey, the other day when you were talking with so-and-so, that wasn't language that we should really, you know, like that's not, that's not okay. I mean, if you really, if you really want to keep doing, you know, if you want that to change. And so I think it's important to find specific things. Um, and, and sometimes we can't do that on our own. So we need people to help us find those things. And then we need yeah. those same people to hold us accountable so that we can actually see, identify, and then change the things that are going on. In Wait, you mean I'm supposed to share the things that I'm not good at with other people? I'm supposed to share the things I'm bad at with them? Yeah, I mean, when you think about sports or music, that's how we get better. 
you identify your weakness and then you train to get better at that weakness. We yeah, yeah, but Clint, I don't want to tell somebody I'm bad at something. Well, too bad. Uh, <laughs> you, you have to. Uh, it, it comes down to do you really want to have everything that God has intends for you to have? Like, Do you really want to have the faith and the hope that God wants us to have, that foundation? And if we do, then we're willing to dig in deep and to say, yes, I know this hurts and this isn't easy, but this is what I'm supposed to do. This is what I have to do. And so you go find people that you can share life with and share it the right way. And that means being open and vulnerable about all of the hard things so that they can help you uh, grow in that faith. Yeah, I love that. Uh, humility seems to be the key there, right? If you want to change and you want to grow in an area, it may mean being vulnerable, being humble, and sharing that with somebody, which I'll just share with you. A weakness of mine is being a baseball fan. So maybe in this podcast, Clint, you can help me grow in my love and appreciation for baseball. I, that was like a curveball. I don't ball. know where I was. That was a curveball. Yeah, I, I didn't even know where to go with that. <laughs> uh, I will do my best to help you appreciate baseball to a better to a to a higher level because baseball I appreciate that. yeah it deserves a, a higher place in your life and you need me to help you uh, see that cool hey last last thoughts on this this question if you had a student approach you and ask you this question of what do I do if I see my friends coming to church and acting one way but then I see them at school acting a different way and maybe I don't actually know if they're a Christian or not but I'm friends with them. How would you advise that student? What 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 steps would you tell them to take, or, or to how would they you tell them to respond? First thing is pray. Pray for them. Pray for God to give you wisdom. Pray for God to give you words. And then from there, I, I think seek counsel from your youth pastor. If they're a part of your youth group, include your youth pastor. Include small group leaders. Not not as a way of gossip. Please do not take whatever's going on and, and make it a, a point of gossip. But you go to your leaders and say this is what I see and I really care about this person and um, how, how can I help them? Uh, and they would be your best source for how they can help that because they may know something about that person's life that you don't know um, and they can help them in an even deeper way too. What do you think, Ty? I think that's good. I, I think prayer is really important and start there. It's hard to be mad, not necessarily mad at somebody, but it's hard to stay mad and bitter at somebody if you're praying for them constantly. So that, that helps soften your heart. The only thing I would add is I would encourage you if you're a student wrestling with this is to model the way. If somebody's living a way that's frustrating to you, or maybe you're confused by the two things that you see, if you'll just model what faithfully following Jesus looks like, if you have influence in that person's life, if you really are a friend and get to speak truth to them. If you model the way first, then when you speak, they're going to respect that because they've seen you doing it. If you struggle and fall into their actions as well, all of a sudden it becomes a lot harder to lead them into a more faithful walk and a more faithful witness. But if you model the way for them and say, this is what scripture says, this is how a Christ follower is to live. Now you've got chips and you've got credibility to speak truth into their life. So that's the only thing that I would add to that is, is yeah, pray for them, seek counsel, figure out where they're at, and then model it for them. Show them, hey, this is how we walk. This is how we love. This is how we talk to people graciously and are kind and are forgiving and compassionate, all of those things. Um, we model those first, and then 
hopefully that spills over into our other relationships. That's a good word. That's a good word. Speaking of good words, any last words for today? Yeah, so I wanted to read one of our reviews because people have left us some awesome reviews. And so I want to give them a shout out um, and encourage you other people to leave us a review. Tell us what you think, how we're doing. Give us some feedback. This one comes from Baileyhorn15. She says, great stuff. This is awesome. But I would be cautious to specify it for just youth ministry because as someone doing adult ministry, I found gold in the crazy world of podcasts. This is awesome. And I know it was said that you have no idea what I'm doing, but I'm sure it sure seems like you do. Much love. Aww. I know. Shout out to you, Baileyhorn15. Thank you. And I'll just say, you know what? We love all of our listeners. If you're a student, I hope you're gleaning something from this. If you're an adult in ministry, if you're just an adult trying to navigate the world of teenage faith, we love all of our listeners. So you're right. This podcast, we want to focus on students and we want to to help guide them in faith. But if anybody can find help and, and, and glean stuff from this, we love you. We want you to listen. Well, my word, my last words will be a little uh, more shallow. Uh, speaking of trying to encourage you to become a better baseball fan, my St. Louis Cardinals <laughs> are in first place. I mean, it's so early in the season. It, means, it means nothing. So, if, wait, d- does that mean you're going to win the World Series? Of course. Of course. Okay. 100%. No, not That's at exciting. all. Not at all. It's, it is such a long season. It means nothing, but it's just fun to be excited about a team. I hear that you're excited about another team and the games they're playing might be a little more meaningful. You're right. Since you brought up sports fandom, I do have to defend myself. I mentioned on the first podcast, I think, that I'm a LeBron James fan. And somebody called me out on Twitter about that. And here, listen, here's the deal. I'm not going to make any statements about greatness. I'm just going to say LeBron James has more playoff game winners, buzzer beaters than Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant combined. But I thought he wasn't clutch. I know. I know. He's not a very clutch player, but he has the most clutch game winners of all time. Here's all I'm saying. Well, I thought that he always passed for the last shot. Like that was his fault, right? That he was too, you know. To, uh, what's the word, generous? Right, until he wasn't, and you start adding them up, and you're like, oh, he's actually kind of clutch. Here's all I'm going to say. We can't, I'm not going to say he is the greatest player of all time. I do think he's the best all-around basketball player of all time. But listen, Michael Jordan was great. I'm taking nothing away from what he did. But can we all just agree that he's in the conversation, and the conversation is now 1 and 1A. There is no huge gap. You can debate it all day, but these guys are great. And if you're a LeBron hater out there, I just want to say, I feel sorry for you. Just enjoy what this guy's doing. He's not going to be in the league forever. Just watch him and enjoy it because it's a lot of fun. From this point forth, this is a pro LeBron James podcast. That's right. Well, with that, uh, we would love for you to leave a review on iTunes. Uh, and and if you are a LeBron James hater, um, forgive us. Uh, we, we do both like and enjoy to in watching the greatness that is LeBron James. Um, but leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, find us on social media. We are on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. It is at the struggle YM. So find us there, talk with us, um, chat and, and send us your questions, things that you want us uh, to talk about. But we are excited that you've been with us this far, and hopefully you'll stick with us and help spread the word. Absolutely. We've loved the journey, and leave us questions. 
comment, review. Let us know what you think. Until next week, we'll see you later. We out. If I